Hey guys, welcome back to the F1 Girls. I'm Amy. And I'm Rihanna. And today we are going to be talking about the Portuguese Grand Prix. Yeah, I had, um, well, I think we're all excited for this one, obviously, because seeing how close it was the last two races between um, Lewis and Max, but I'm not going to say I was a bit bored during this race, especially after like the exciting ones we had, especially um, last time. That last The last race was brilliant, but yeah, this one... Although it was, there were some interesting bits, but definitely not the exciting race I think us F1 fans hope for. Yeah, I must admit, as an overall opinion, I think I was slightly underwhelmed by the race. Um, obviously, like you say, there were a few bits that we I was very like happy about and excited about, but other than that, it was it was a meh race. But I suppose you've got to have a couple of those in the season. Yeah, definitely. I, I'd probably say qualifying was the most exciting part of the weekend uh, overall uh, the race just yeah it was good there was a few interesting bits but yeah kind of flat line for me yeah so speaking of qualifying let's talk about Ricardo getting knocked out in Q1 that was probably one of the most frustrating things I've seen in quite a while I was really I was really really hoping because in the back of my mind I was like well he hasn't performed brilliantly the last two races so if he doesn't do well this race I just thought to myself then he there's definitely maybe maybe he's not comfortable in the car or maybe he's he's getting a bit of Vettel syndrome where he's I don't know lost some confidence or is just not in the right mindset and after after Q3 and not Q3 Q1 I was yeah a little bit gobsmacked because he was he always makes Q3 usually so yeah not (laughs) very surprised at that yeah I was honestly sat watching qualifying and I just could not believe that he managed to get knocked out in the first qualifying like it's the first time since 2019 that he's done that and geez I I literally had no words to describe how I was feeling about it because it was just one of like I say one of the most frustrating things yeah yeah disappointing but I think I suppose he's he's at a crossroad now usually if they have multiple races the like pick themselves up and start thinking oh, I cannot let that happen again or it's just a downward trajectory and it just slowly gets worse and worse so I know what I'm hoping for. <laughs> yeah definitely I'm hoping that he picks himself back up and sort of dusts himself off and doesn't let that affect him as much although to be fair he did do pretty well in the race which we will talk about later but so going moving on from somebody who didn't do as well to somebody who did pretty pretty well in um qualifying George Russell we say this every episode but he's one of our favorites um and he managed to get 0.05 seconds away from getting into Q3 uh yeah Q3 <laughs> I always I, I was sometimes in my mind I get confusing Q1 and Q3 and I want to call it each other and I it's actually embarrassing but at least I'm not the only one <laughs> Uh, but yeah, that that's really good to see actually because he was so close um, last time as well. Although I don't think he was, he didn't qualify P11, but he was very close to making Q3 last time as well. So to see that it wasn't just a fluke last time and this is a continuing trend makes me so so happy. And to actually see Williams is more of a slowly coming up towards a midfield team now. Don't know whether that's mainly down to George and his amazing driving because obviously Latifi's still always no higher than 18th usually especially qualifying um so fingers crossed yeah that 
that this is the sign that Williams A are getting more competitive and B, George is improving as a driver as well. Yeah, definitely. I think George is starting to sort of show exactly what he can do in that car and he is making people aware that he is there. He's he's there and he's ready to sort of be that competitor that he probably hasn't been in the past couple of years. So it's exciting to see him up in that kind of area of the grid. Exactly. And I can, I can imagine it's making uh, maybe Bottas a little bit nervous seeing how well George is doing in a Williams. And well, obviously Bottas did have an OK weekend this time, but I think there's definitely some improvements he could have made. Mm, definitely. I can fully understand if Bottas is now sort of starting to shake in his boots a little bit um, with the way that Russell has been performing. So, um, Vettel, that is also another big talking point of qualifying, him making Q3 for the first time in 15 races. That's, although I'm not a massive Vettel stan, I really was happy to see him make Q3 for the first time in quite a while and to see him, both he, he, did, he only made P10, but that's a vast improvement of what he has been doing basically all of 2020 and 2021 so far. Yeah, definitely. It was really good to see him back up in the sort of in Q3 and in the top 10 positions. He, we know he's a really good driver. Like he's been in the sport for so long and he's done so, so well. Obviously, being a four time world champion, like you don't get that without being a good driver. So, yeah, it's good to see him sort of almost getting his mojo back and sort of feeling more comfortable in the car. Yeah, definitely. And what was surprising though, because obviously um, Vettel did um, surprisingly well for what he usually does. Stroll didn't. He was mm. out in Q Q one, wasn't he? Which was yeah, a little bit surprising because he he's done. Well, he's definitely been out qualifying his teammate. Um, I think every time is every time, or I think so. The last two yeah. races, I can't quite remember, but he yeah, he's been performing quite solidly. So yeah, to see him out in Q one was a little bit weird, but I guess it's nice to see other people make Q2 who don't usually so yeah this week has been a whole lot of people making different qualifying rounds that haven't before and it's been quite an interesting an interesting week speaking of people out qualifying their teammates Carlos Sainz finally <laughs> out qualified Leclerc so Carlos came in in fifth and Leclerc was eighth yeah, both the Ferraris did really strong um, in qualifying. I was really, really impressed. And they were continuously getting fairly high up. So this is, this is yeah, really interesting to see that maybe their car is maybe a top, top-ish midfield team now. And yeah, they, they're consistently around the, the middle of the top 10. So that's a very, that's a vast improvement on last year. And yeah, it's nice to see that one driver isn't necessarily dominating in that team. There's definitely like, toing and throwing from them in performance so yeah that was actually really nice to see I think it was definitely needed for Ferrari this weekend just to have the weekend that they had like it was such a good weekend for them so I think that will definitely have given them a confidence boost and hopefully we can carry on seeing the that kind of performance from them because um, like we've said in previous episodes they've not been performing as well as you would think a Ferrari team or Ferrari car would perform so yeah, it's really good to see them starting to look, looking like they're starting to get back to where they were. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, I suppose an also interesting thing about qualifying as well, there's a, a few um, lap time deletions. I think um, Charles got his lap time deleted, I think, early on in Q1 or 
something like that. So quite a few people were getting lap time deleted, but I guess the most notable one was um, Verstappen's um, towards the end of Q3, put in an absolutely amazing lap. And yeah, even with like, I, I don't know if he locked up or he had a bit of a wobble or something, which meant he went outside the, the track limits. But the fact that he was able to put that amazing lap time in with a mistake was very, very impressive. Yeah, definitely. Um, it would have been a whole different race, I reckon, if um, Verstappen had got that pole position. And I think it's just unfortunate that he did make the mistake. Obviously, like you say, he did put in an incredible lap and it was an incredible lap time. But at the same time, it I feel like it had to happen Like for the, for the race that we got. Um, yeah, it would have been a completely different scenario if Verstappen had got that pole position. Yeah, but it was it was it was quite nice to see um, Bottas out qualify Hamilton. I don't know whether Hamilton was just having a bad day, or I think we all can fairly know that Hamilton on the whole will out qualify Bottas. But yeah, it was nice to see Bottas, you know, fight back a little bit and inch that a little bit closer towards trying to win races and things like that. But obviously, it didn't go that way. Yeah, well, Hamilton got a um, time deleted as well, a lap time deleted at the very start of, in Q1, he got his lap time deleted literally as soon as he came out. So, yeah, I think that that would have probably thrown him for the for the day. And obviously, Bottas out qualifying him is a pretty incredible thing <laughs> nowadays. Like, you don't see that very often, so... Yeah, it was good to see that Bottas can can still out qualify him. Yeah, definitely, and I I think when you can you can almost see a little bit more of the confidence when Bottas does well in qualifying, he tends to bring that to the beginning of the race. And the times he doesn't do well, he usually does get like a bad start. So I think we definitely saw that happen in the race on Sunday. Yeah, definitely. So the start of the race was pretty good for Bottas. <laughs> I must say he got a pretty good um, head start on everyone and it was frustrating almost that the safety car came out and Bottas sort of lost that that lead that he managed to get. Yeah I think Hamilton definitely had like his racing head on and I think once Hamilton's in his own I don't think anyone even Verstappen struggles to catch up with him and yeah Hamilton was just in that in that zone and yeah Bottas was just not going to stand in his way at all. So I think I could kind of predict that happening. And yeah, just 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 shows who yeah is the number one driver, I guess, in the podium. Yeah, Hamilton definitely used that safety car to his advantage and sort of didn't let Bottas have that um, good of a head start afterwards. So yeah, like you say, he's a number one driver for a reason. And I think unless he sort of ends up stop like not quitting, but retiring from the sport I don't think we're going to see people like out qualifying him and being better than him really yeah exactly and I suppose talking of um good starts Ocon did amazingly well in qualifying um and yeah I've got although he maybe didn't use his qualifying throughout the whole race to end in a better place where he started but that's definitely brilliant to see um the Alpine doing so well in qualifying and getting a really good starting position. Yeah, definitely. And with him sort of overtaking Norris to get P6 was it was a pretty incredible overtake, I'm not gonna lie. Like I'm a massive Norris fan. I like anything that happens to Norris, I'm like clued in and seeing what's what's going on. But 
yeah, I thought that was a pretty incredible overtake to get that position. But obviously three turns later, Norris comes back and gets Ocon back. So, you know, I was more than happy about it, but yeah. It's just no stopping Norris at the moment. I've, I'm just so, so impressed. And I, if, if you'd asked me back in 2020, um, like where you think he would be, I would not say uh, above Bottas in the driver's points. I'm I'm just so unbelievably impressed with what he's been doing. And I just really hope he doesn't stop because it's so nice to see a young driver so young and not as experienced as most people on the grid, just almost not well running away with it midfield wise. So yeah, just just carry on doing what you're doing. <laughs> yeah, I remember us when we first were sort of talking about doing the podcast and everything, we were talking about the different drivers and we talked about Norris and I said, Oh, I think we're gonna have a good season with him and you weren't sure. <laughs> I was not convinced at all. <laughs> But yeah, it's good to see that he's proven his worth. And like you say, he's doing incredibly well this season. Like we're three races in, he's third in the championship and he's above Bottas. So yeah, he's doing incredible, incredibly well. And I do not want to see that standard slip from him. Yeah, exactly. So let's talk about the reason that that safety car came out in the first place. So Mr. Iceman himself, Kimi Raikkonen, he... He got too close to his teammate Giovinazzi and basically lost his front wing, um, which caused him to end up being out of the race and the safety car coming out. I was quite surprised at that um, whole thing because when I first saw it, I because obviously you couldn't really see what happened from the camera angle. I, my instant reaction was, oh, well, who knocked into him? Because when seeing the footage back, I didn't, because he's so experienced and stuff, it's, it's kind of just kind of a little bit of a, like a rookie mistake really just getting that close to your teammate and yeah I I just wasn't I just wouldn't have thought that he would have made kind of that kind of simple mistake but yeah I suppose it was a lot of damage for it didn't look like a huge knock but there was a lot of damage and yeah required a safety car yeah I was I had no idea what was going on when the safety car first came out I was like who's out like I couldn't I could not understand why the safety car come out and then obviously they kept replaying the Raikkonen sort of he only sort of tapped Giovinazzi like it's not even like it was a massive hit he just tapped him and that was it the um, front wing was gone so yeah there was so much debris and obviously he had to retire and you could you could see it afterwards when they were showing him out of the car and everything you could see like with his behaviour that he was so annoyed at himself and I'm not surprised because like you say it it was literally like a rookie mistake and it's not something you'd um, expect to see him making. Yeah I, th- I think the hardest thing is watching a driver get out of the car knowing that they've made the mistake themselves and you can you can just see the anger and like regret on their face knowing that like it was their fault and it was completely preventable in a way and yeah it's definitely something kind of sad to watch when something like a crash or something like that does happen and you can see how upset and annoyed they are at themselves it's not a feeling I'd want to feel yeah definitely it must have been frustrating for him but obviously he will have learned from that and we'll probably see him back better than ever next next week but for now he's not done too well so some going from somebody who didn't have the best race to somebody who had a pretty a pretty good race pretty decent race Ricardo coming back from that qualifying result. Yeah, so I think Ricardo had um, a real good comeback after 
uh, his kind of poor qualifying performance. Um, I think the safety car definitely helped that, stopping everyone from getting away and closing the gap a little bit more. But from yeah, going from basically the bottom to in, into the solid midfield, I think that is definitely an achievement, um, especially since the midfield teams are looking rather tight this year. So he obviously would have had to have done a lot of hard racing to get up to that point. So yeah, I'm I'm saying, although yeah, the qualifying kind of inexcusable, but the race itself, yeah, brilliant. Yeah, he definitely used that safety car at restart to his advantage, um, getting up to that P13. And then obviously from there he was able to gain quite a few, quite a few positions on um other people and ended up finishing the race at P9, which considering he qualified at P16 is is a pretty good a pretty good race pretty incredible yeah I guess from this point onwards as well as um till after the safety car that's when we started seeing all the um well Bottas uh Hamilton and Max kind of switcherooing around <laughs> there was so much of that during this race like uh, yeah it was actually kind of weird because you couldn't, because I hadn't really quite worked out what pit strategy they were all going to go for. So I wasn't really sure who was going to come out first and who was going to, you know, start actually running away with it. And no one really did run away with it until quite late towards the end. But yeah, I think, yeah, Max overtaking Lewis was like a, a little glimpse into, oh, maybe this will be an interesting race um, and it'll be quite tight. But I guess it didn't particularly pan out that way. Yeah, as soon as I saw Max overtaking Lewis, I was like, maybe we are in for some some good racing today. And um, like like we've said previously, we tend to not watch the sort of front runners anymore. We we more watch the mid the midfield. But when we saw when I definitely when I saw what that happening, I was like, well, maybe maybe I'll start watching that those front runners this time. But like you say, it. It just ended up being like one of the standard races really like with those top three so yeah yeah it was, it was also um well yeah going going back to Norris and he was well I suppose Perez was kept on the same tyres for a long time but him costing with not only um the front runners but obviously people like Norris as well that was also interesting to watch yeah with Norris overtaking Perez obviously Perez wanted that looked at because he thought Norris sort of went out of track limits to overtake him and I was surprised that the stewards didn't sort of look that look at that sort of straight away like it took a while and then Perez ended up overtaking Norris anyway so but yeah it it was an interesting an interesting one yeah um also on um Perez's tire strategy because it's it's interesting because obviously if anyone can preserve tires well it's him um, but for leaving him out that long was a little bit surprising. And I, I don't know if you saw, but there was this footage of um, Hamilton trying to overtake Perez. And then Hamilton was like, he's just ignored blue flags. And then his radio guy was like, no, you are racing him. He's just been left out for a very long time. He was like, oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's when um, Checo at one point was uh, leading the race. And I think Verstappen and Bottas had um, pitted and Hamilton was sort of gaining back on him and he was like why is he ignoring blue flags he's not you're actually racing him like (laughs) get on with it (laughs) (laughs) oh that's so funny um well yeah I suppose talking about blue flags we have to talk about the Mazepin well minor Mazepin honestly that boy (laughs) 
boy you need to learn the rules of f1 seriously because he ignored so many blue flags and obviously he got his his five second penalty but jesus i mean if it was intentional like what was he trying to achieve he was already like for hours behind everybody else like (laughs) he was fully like a minute behind everyone else and still trying to fight the team the cars that were trying to overtake him like I don't even know what was going through his head at that point I think he was a minute behind his teammate and everybody else was like he was many minutes behind them so yeah he was literally probably multiple laps (laughs) something ridiculous behind the front runner so what what on earth would that have achieved like you're gonna come last don't if it was intentional don't be an ass (laughs) stop trying to fight the front runners when you know you've got no chance whatsoever like literally uh, it's open season. <laughs> he he really needs to book up his ideas. Like obviously before the season started, he sort of said, "I'll let the driving do the talking." Well, <laughs> it's talking, but it's not saying some very good things about you, mate. I cannot wait to see the drives five episode where they cover Hass and hopefully him as well. Just 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 seeing like <laughs> just everything. It's just going to be brilliant. I cannot wait for that. I mean, as bad as it sounds, I want Drive to survive to rip him to pieces. <laughs> I really do. It'd be hard not to. It's literally, it's literally, it would be really, really hard not to rip him to pieces in any kind of documentary or like anything. <laughs> He's just like, we don't want, we don't like being negative on this podcast. We really don't. But when it comes to Mazpin. He's the exception. <laughs> <laughs> literally, we just, he's not given us anything good to say about him. Like, I really, I honestly wish he would give us something good to say about him, but we're three races in, and so far all we've had is, like, complaints about him, so. Yeah, and I don't think we're the only ones. I feel like the general fan consensus is exactly the same, so. <laughs> not- I know, I always sit on Twitter after after a race, and I always there's always some sort of negative um, tweets about Mazpin, and to be quite honest, his driving's just not there, so... I kind of agree with them. Yeah, definitely. So let's talk about lap 20, Hamilton on Bottas. I was just a little bit... I knew it was going to happen. Just Bottas just hasn't got the pace. And I just really think... What's weird, because past 2019, 2020, Bottas could really quite solidly bring home like a second. And Mm. especially, especially if he's on pole, to then finish third I think this lap 20 was kind of the moment where it kind of went all wrong because obviously Verstappen then overtook him lap 37 and it's it's just kind of slid and I just I just thinking even like on a when he doesn't qualify pole he can usually get second and for him to be on first and then P1 and then just slide down I mean third's not bad overall but when you're in a Mercedes I really feel like you should be hitting second every time if you want to keep your seat yeah definitely I mean we've seen what Hamilton is able to do in a Mercedes so it's it's obviously the driver not the car and I feel like at the start of the race he was on it with the pace like he was he was hitting the the good driver stats but as we sort of progressed throughout the race he kind of just lost it and it it's just annoying isn't it like you expect to see somebody who 
qualified in pole position to be able to either keep that or get second like you unless they have something severely wrong with like the car or they crash out or something like that but for him to slide down like that was just I mean it just kind of shows what he can do in the car and at the minute it doesn't seem to be as much as as Hamilton Hamilton is able to do and obviously that puts his seat at risk yeah I feel like what also cement basically cements that opinion because obviously towards the end it was kind of clear that Hamilton was gonna was gonna win so both Stappen and Bottas went for the fastest lap strategy and although obviously Bottas did get the fastest lap in the end didn't he uh yeah um but Verstappen would have got that if he hadn't gone off track limits and got his time deleted which obviously that's the second time that's happened this weekend so Bot- I feel like Bottas although obviously a good driver can get a great lap time within the track limits but for Bottas to only have got his pole and only to have got fastest lap because Verstappen messed up kind of just cements that whole thing really that he did he did earn it but like Verstappen did do better than him twice and then he got all the way down to third I really feel like that's just dropping the ball too many times yeah, he, he earned it, but I feel like he only earned it because Verstappen messed up those two times. Like, if Verstappen hadn't, he probably Verstappen probably would have got pole and Verstappen would have probably got the fastest lap. So, yeah, I think it's almost like he's waiting for someone to mess up so that he can get, that, get those positions, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. But I think, yeah, overall, I think the way it finished, I feel like... It's definitely, I kind of, yeah, I think everyone finished kind of where they deserved to finish, I think. Yeah, because, yeah, Perez, yeah, he was, um, although he didn't put in a phenomenal performance, he did amazing to be left on those tyres. Um, and, yeah, both Max and Lewis were pushing very hard. So I, I feel like everybody on the grid really much earned, earned their place. I don't know if you agree with me. <laughs> yeah, I think that top 10, the top 10 positions were definitely where everyone sort of needed to be. And yeah, I think um, that's that's sort of how yeah, yesterday's race, definitely the way it was and the way everything happened in the race, that's definitely how the top, sense of, top 10 positions should have been. Exactly. I suppose that brings us to driver of the day. And before we talk about who actually got driver of the day, who do you think should have been driver of the day? I mean, personally, I voted for Daniel. <laughs> um, purely because of, from obviously him starting and qualifying at P16 and then ending up being P9 to finish the race. Like, I I thought that was a pretty, pretty incredible drive. So, yeah, that's who I voted for. Yeah, no, I, I would, I think I definitely agree with that if he didn't do his Q1 performance. I think, yeah, he did absolutely amazingly to climb all the way up but I just feel like that's his qualifying was a little bit inexcusable for the driver of the day I personally probably I probably would have voted for Lewis actually because he used the safety car to his amazing like advantage and you, you know I don't I don't like domination in F1 so it's not it's not it's hard for me to be like yes Lewis driver of the day whatever but I I genuinely think he did he did earn it he he proved that he is number one driver. <laughs> he, he just sailed through it and uh, it's hard not to be impressed. So, yeah, I think, well, yeah, although Paris, did, he did great, obviously, on his tyres and was able not to move anywhere down from his qualifying. But I think Lewis just went that little bit extra. Yeah, I think the main reason that Perez did get the driver of the day is pretty much purely because 
he managed to stay out for so long on those tyres. I mean, they must have been ripped to, sh- ripped to shreds by the time he ended up changing. But yeah, he did incredibly to stay out for so long on them. But I also wanted to mention, I kept seeing on Twitter and stuff like that, that um, Mazpin got voted driver for the day, which is why it wasn't announced straight away. And then it was given to Checo. So I don't really know what went on there, but... <laughs> I think that was either a joke or maybe the fact that he didn't spin off. <laughs> yeah, maybe. I mean, he did pretty well not to spin yesterday, so... Bare minimum, well done. <laughs> <laughs> I literally have nothing else to say on that. Oh, that race. This like... is surprising. According to Guinness World Record, <laughs> Australia has more camels than any other country in the world. <laughs> Thanks, Google. <laughs> <laughs> bit of google home trivia for you there <laughs> um i think that that pretty much brings brings this episode <laughs> google was just like shut the fuck up still talking about it <laughs> <laughs> google has had enough of my shit today <laughs> camels in australia where have you got that from google camels in australia <laughs> thank you guys so much for listening to today's episode Yeah, thank you all for listening. We'll see you soon with another episode. Yeah, we'll be back next week with the Spanish Grand Prix episode. Thank you, bye.